Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. Yo, what's up, guys? It's Young Devin, and I'm off the porch with Dirty Glove Bastard. Look. Decision, decisions. Top going to the top missing. Flex to the one, just miss them. Cooking that heat, no kitchen. All right, so we got the baby goat, yes. young Devin, jumping off the porch with us today. How you doing? I'm feeling great. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm good. I'm excited. I'm excited. It's crazy to just be doing things that I see on YouTube. Really? Like all my favorite artists. So, yeah, nice. I'm excited. Nice. Nice. You lit right now. So, <laughs> I'm excited so. for this, too. That's good to hear. Yeah, and you got a crazy story. So, yeah. Yeah. So I appreciate you coming by today. Thank you. No problem. So what else you got planned here in Atlanta? Are you just on a promo run? You out there recording? Um, what else you got? Yeah, here? I'm about to do a show with uh, Hot 107.9 tomorrow. Okay. It's dope. Um, I'm super excited. It's me. What's the name of the show again? You said what? You're doing Birthday Bash. Birthday Bash. Yeah. The, that's a big thing yeah. here in Atlanta. Yeah. So that's going to be legendary. I'm excited. You know, giving that New York flavor, that New York energy, and just moving around in Atlanta, going to the studio, getting acclimated with everybody. Okay. Mm -hmm. How do you like the vibes here, and how I do like you compare it. to back at home in Brooklyn? I like it. I just landed today, so it's like, as soon as I landed, I put makeup on, got <laughs> dressed, and I started moving around, but it's been dope. I've been to Atlanta a few times, so, and every okay. time I'm here, I love the energy. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, Atlanta's lit, man. Yeah, it's you know. lit. Get to, do they treat you with love? They, of course. They get a lot of support. Of down course. There too? I didn't party in Atlanta. I didn't perform in Atlanta. I didn't club. Like it's it's been a great time, and I have family in Atlanta too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So you know, strangers. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. So all right. So Brooklyn. What part of Brooklyn are you from originally? I'm from East New York. Okay. And then I moved to Canarsie for a little bit. So it's like Brooklyn. It's like East New York and Canarsie. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what's the culture like up there? How would you describe like Brooklyn, East New York to someone that's never been there? Before? It's definitely like, it's just like a, a, a melting pot. It's, you're gonna get so many different types of experiences because it's so many different cultures. And New York is not a place where everything is like scattered out, yeah. like in everybody's own outskirts. Like, yeah, everybody might have their own community, but no, like it'll be like a Spanish store, the next door will be like a halal store, then the next door will be like a, so it's beautiful. Like to just see all the different cultures and you know, it just, it gives you thick skin. It gives you tough skin. It's so many people that's like so many different energy, so many different types of vibes but I love it like it's a part of my personality it's made me who I am today like just me being from Brooklyn and just the things that I've experienced being in Brooklyn like it's just made me more like on point it's made me oh, yeah. more like just you know well self-aware I would say absolutely so, yeah like you said it's very diverse yes. too you're gonna meet people from all, all over, over. The world. yeah yeah so like how would you describe your childhood I understand you've been making music for a long time yeah, my childhood was crazy. Um, it started off me being in New York, and then uh, I started going back and forth between New York and Trinidad. Okay. Um, I was doing music. I started doing music at eight years old. I was singing oh, wow. soca, and my, you know, because my family's from Trinidad, and that's a Caribbean-based genre. So I ended up getting really big in soca. Like, you could go on YouTube and see me performing at eight, nine, ten years old, like <laughs> in front of thirty thousand people, just performing, and you know. 
I always was just, I always was very ambitious when it came to the capacity where Soka could reach because it doesn't have its own genre. Mm -hmm. And you could be huge in like an island and then come to New York and walk down the street and nobody would know you. Like it's real. <laughs> so once I realized that, as I got older in my career and not really too much older, like probably at like 11, yeah. I was like, I'm going to be the artist that is going to, you know, bridge Soka music together with the mainstream world because it's like I'm genuinely from Brooklyn and I'm genuinely from Trinidad so I can do that yeah. and I just found a way to find that common medium to do that but yeah my childhood just consisted of tour 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 performing traveling Trinidad New York culture uh but it's crazy it, it's wild like I got to experience like three different childhoods in one like I got oh, to wow. experience the <laughs> New York City childhood I got to experience a Trini kid childhood and I got to experience like a superstar kid childhood. Yeah. So. No, that's lit. Mm -hmm. Like, was, did anyone else in your family make music? How'd you no, get into No, like this? I was the first person to like take this thing professional. Huh. Like everybody in my family is very musically inclined though. Like my mom could sing, my grandmother could sing, all of her seven other sisters could sing. Like I grew up in a household where they'll be walking around and my aunts would be harmonizing with each other. And that was before I even knew what a harmony was. I could just identify it because they would be doing it naturally. So I always had like a musically inclined family, but no, I was kind of the first person to just take it like serious and make something of myself with it. Yeah. Who were some of your musical influences? Who like really inspired you back then and be like, I want to try that? Yeah. Well, when it came to soca music, um, I was just really inspired by the people that I was around. And it just so happened I was around like the top people like Masha Montano and Bungie Garland and all these names that when you think of soca, these are the names that they're going to call. I'm like, I was like their close protege. So I get to see Masha rehearsing and he's screaming at his team or like he's hugging me and we crying backstage and then he's going on stage and putting on an amazing three hour high energy show. So those of the things that inspired me and then when I started rapping it was Nikki like she was the first rapper that like it clicked like a metaphor ever even clicked for me and I'm like yeah I want to try that like I want to I want to I want to sound like that I want to sound that smart and then I just started yeah mm -hmm. so when you first started like rapping yeah. what would your parents think like go for this or it was crazy because like especially given of how much of a high volume I reached in Soka, nobody would ever think that I would switch yeah. because it's like, why would you? Like you could, you have everything that you want. You have all these kid fans. You could go in Trinidad and you could shut it down. Like, <laughs> why would you switch and start over? But that was the point of it. Like that was always going to be the sacrifice that I would have made. And so it's like, I always used to say it when I was younger to the point where when I started rapping, nobody ever questioned it. They kind of just embraced like, okay, this is where she's going with it. Because I never even thought that I was going to be a rapper. Really? Like I thought I was probably going to like sing R&B or like do like pop or something. And you know, I never thought that I would rap. But then when I started going through my life experiences and I fell in love with putting my life experiences in hip hop, it's like, that's what I'm like, all right, I could, I know how I could take this global. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone that ever listens to your rap is like, she snapping. Yeah. She's going crazy. Yeah. Like, what is your creative process? Do you write or is this off the top? Is it a little combination of both? Or? It's like, it, well, nowadays it's really a combination of both. It started with just every, like everything from eight years old to now, like any song that you've ever heard from me or seen on YouTube, anything I've written at all, like mm -hmm. I've never gotten help. So I've always just like, you can hear the growth, like through my music throughout the years. And it was like, 
before it was I would just be writing everything. Then I started getting to the point now where it's like I'm in the studio so much that I don't even write anymore because I don't have the time to go home and write that I've just been freestyling and it's been coming out fire and it's making me try new things. It's making me feel comfortable experimenting more because I'm not going home and writing and looking for a certain type of vibe. It's yeah. like I'm just catching whatever vibe I'm hearing. So I like it. I like it. When do you? When would you say like you make your best music then? It's when you're in a good mood, when you're pissed off. Nah, I really make my best music like when I'm going through like the worst things. Like, yeah. and mind you, I'll make even if the music has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. It just I make music at a higher frequency when I'm like under a lot of pressure or I'm going through something or like you know it, it's weird. Like I don't know why it happens that way, but it really does. Like it just puts me in like a grind mode because it's like music has always been like my scapegoat to everything. So if I'm mad, sad, happy, I'm gonna just write about it or I'm gonna just record it and you know. Yeah. And you were still in school during yeah. this whole time, right? Yeah, I was in school the whole time from 8 to 17. I was in school the whole time. So were you like the popular kid in school? Of course. Did people know? Of like, course. I was that? like that kid in school. But then it's like once I start, once everybody kind of got acclimated, because after a couple of years, it's like, well, we're not going to keep doing this. Like, you're not going to keep telling me every year. That's young Devin. We know this. I've been in this school for like three, four years now. So because I, I was at the same school from sixth grade all the way to 12th grade. So they seen me from like being a little child soca star, to seeing me starting to rap towards like me getting to my graduation. That's kind of when I started getting more noticed for my rapping. And then, you know, like after I graduated, I got my deal. But it's like they seen that whole transition. So I was always like that kid in school. They would always make me perform. It was just always lit. Yeah. Was it a goal for you to finish school and be like, I'm sure you could today he's like, I'm lit. I don't need Yeah, I really, you know how many times I didn't talk? I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. But I, I never want to walk around saying I never went to school. And number two, I just wanted to do it for my mom. Like my mom was just like, just at least, you know, you got to make sure you finish school. I'm not going to let you do music if you can't finish school. So I did. Shout out to moms. For Shout that. out to mom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when did you go from just freestyling to like hitting the studio and actually recording rap music? Then? Um, it, it was crazy because when I first started rapping, I taught myself how to engineer because oh, wow. I couldn't afford studio time. So I made my mom just get me a computer and a little microphone. And I built a studio in my closet, like with blankets. Like I just padded my closet with blankets and I would just be teaching myself how to record. And so by the time I was getting to the studio now, I already kind of got the niche. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. How I knew how I wanted to sound because I was recording for like six months on my computer and I wish I still had like all of my first raps. Huh. And then, um, yeah, like a year in, I just was like, started, I started to save money, I started to do more shows, and I just was like just locking in all of my money to the studio, like oh, wow. everything. Before it would be just, you know, fun, what I want to do, everything was going to the studio. Yeah. And then, you know, it just, it was history ever since. Do you ever get burnt out? Like, I've been doing this 10, 12 years now. Like, yeah, you're definitely gonna have your moments where you feel burnt out. Like, I, it's a, that's a decade. That's like, mm -hmm. I've basically given the majority of my life to my career. And that could be a good or bad thing depending on who you are because it's like music could be such a, it has its ups but it also has its downs. And so imagine, and imagine having these ups and downs in your childhood. Like it's not even like you're already an adult, you know how to 
deal with things. It's like you're learning how to grow up and you're learning situations and you're growing up in front of people and you gotta deal with certain things. You gotta deal with business all while you're still trying to figure out yourself as a little human being. But I love it though because it's like molded me into who I am. So I never questioned it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So your passion still yeah, runs deep. It's still in there. Song. Like I, I be having my moments where I get burnt out and upset sometimes, but nah, like it'll never go away. Yeah. Yeah. Understood. Um, so what was like one of the first freestyles that really went viral for you to where you realize, all right, I'm lit with this. Too. My first freestyle that went viral was the first time I ever went and freestyled like on really? a radio show. Like he, I, I was doing like little Freestyle Friday videos on my Instagram. That's kind of how I transitioned my audience from soca to rap. Cause I started Were they doing ready for that at the time? No, but it was organic because I just threw it up the first week. And then the next Friday I threw it up again and they was rocking with it more and more. And then the third Friday I'm like, I'm not gonna post up a video. Let me see if they're gonna notice. And they noticed cause they was commenting back on the other video like, hey, you're not gonna post another video. And then I'm like, all right. So I got like a little fan base going. So I posted a couple more freestyle videos. It's just me rapping on my phone in the car, in my room, in school with some of my friends. Like I'm gonna unarchive them on Instagram so people could see like that, that grind. And then uh, bars on I-95, like they just reached out to me and they was like, yo, like you should pull up and do a freestyle. I pulled up and I never, cause I never took myself serious as a rapper at this point. I was just Instagram freestyling. And I was like, you know what? I got nothing to lose, I'ma just do it. And I did it and it did a million views first day. Oh wow. Yeah, and I was like, okay, I could, I could definitely do this. Did that surprise you? Were you ready for that? Hell yeah. Like, especially because like regular viral and soca viral are two different things. Now in 2022 though, soca viral is like, it's viral. Like we get millions of views. If you look mm -hmm. at soca songs, it has like millions of views. But back then it wasn't that. Like for a soca song to get a million views on YouTube a couple years ago, that was a big thing. That means you had a really big record. But that was only on the internet because in real life, there's thousands of people in every single island. So clearly there's millions of people who already know the song, but numerically it was just never like that. So for me to hit such a number, and then this was my first time doing something besides what I'm used to doing, it was, it was like a crazy experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so how did it feel when Nicki Minaj showed you some love on uh, I, your freestyle? The funniest thing is that the first time, it's like every time Nicki showed me love, something traumatic almost happened to me. Like the first time I was in a hotel, I mean, not a hotel, I was in a train station and I was coming from school with my friend and I was literally looking down at my phone and I'm like, oh my God, Nicki Minaj just liked my video. And I, like, this was when I was like in real fanatic Nicki Minaj mode. So like, the, imagine like the person you're super fanned out about really just likes your video of you rapping. So I'm just like, huh? And so I started running around the train station. I almost fell into the tracks. That was the first time. Then the second time when she actually like posted my video, she did like a Megatron challenge. And like my fans was bugging me, like do the challenge, <laughs> do the challenge. And I'm like, no, I'm not gonna do it. Cause I just didn't want to do every single challenge and kind of make it seem like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm forcing for her attention. Like I wanted to just organically happen. But then I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna do it. I did it. She posted it on Instagram, oh, on her wow. page. I was just like, what? And I remember I ran into my mother's room, I jumped over the bed and I almost broke my arm because <laughs> I landed a certain type of way. But it's like, I don't even know how to feel in those types of moments. It's like, imagine the person that you, that made you even want to do what you're doing is acknowledging you. It's like, I don't even know how that could happen, yep. you know? And now you're on Rolling Loud with her. With her. Yeah, so. I know. That's going to be like a full 180 for me, like to just 
Cause I already, like Rolling Loud is already a dream for me and it's always been a dream. I always used to, like I would literally, I used to leave home from school early and just to go home. Cause my room and my old home had no windows. So it was just dark. <laughs> so when I close my door, it's dark. So I would just be in there. Imagine a, a creative person in a dark room all day. You're gonna do, have nothing but time but imagination and you're gonna just do whatever. So I'm in there performing at Rolling Loud. Like I'm in the dark room and my mother, she would be hearing my little foot jumping, jumping, and I have my little headphones on, and I'm acting like I'm performing at Rolling Loud. And I did that for like two, three years straight, and then oh, the wow. next year, I was on Rolling Loud. So that kind of had already gave me like that motivation, but to know that it's like they put me on the same day as her, and then it's in New York City, it's just like that's a real, that's gonna just be like a special moment in my career for myself, like you, your hard work would never go unnoticed. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. For someone that's never seen a young dev in performance, what are they in store for? Energy, like, I don't know. I personally feel like I'm probably like one of the best performer rappers, like in the game, honestly. Like without any, without any dancers, without any stage effects, throw me a microphone and my DJ, it's a, like, it's a different type of time. Like, cause I've been doing it for so long, it's like second nature. Like yeah. I literally, even if you don't know who I am before the performance, by the end of the performance, you're gonna be like, yo, what's your Instagram? Like, <laughs> where, where, where was that song that I heard? Cause I really put on a, a show, so. And you've been doing this so long, it's like, it's like day it's and in night. you by yeah. now. I'm sorry, you probably don't even get nervous. Nah, I, I really don't, I really don't. I probably got nervous about two times in my whole life to perform. No, that's hard right there. Mm -hmm. um, I saw Walker Flocker. Yeah. You, you know, you guys jumped on live. He gave yeah. you a nice shout out. What was your reaction when you saw that? That was cool too because Walker Flocker was like one of the first rappers to even like reach out to me. This was before I, I, I don't even know if this was before I even was going or I was even going viral. I think I just was posting freestyle videos on Instagram and he had seen one of them and he followed me and he was just showing me love and then yeah, I jumped on live and he jumped on and he just was like shouting me out like, yo, young Devin, she the next one up. But that was just super random and I was just like, I kept asking him like, how did you find out about me? He's like, Instagram, like I see you on Instagram and that's just crazy. And that's why I always tell people to just keep going because you never know who's watching. Like people, not everybody might acknowledge you, but there's people that are always watching. So eventually they'll get it and they'll acknowledge you. Like he seen me that one time and acknowledged me, but there's probably other artists who seen me about 10 times. Mm -hmm. So that, ha that I have never even spoken to yet. Yeah. So. Uh, so I think it has been really easy like adjusting to being famous, like people running up to you and recognizing you since you've been doing this for so long. Yeah, it's like a yes and no. Cause it's like, you know, that Brooklyn aspect of it. It's like being from Brooklyn, somebody running up to you you gonna not think it's something good. So I always have like a certain type of mug face on, but I'm learning to just be more like welcoming and warming because I know it's people who genuinely love and support me and they respect my story. Like a lot of people when they come to me, it's not just a yo, I think you could rap, you're tough. It really be a no. You really could rap and I relate to everything that you're saying. So I understand like when I meet my fans, I gotta embrace them more because it's like a deeper connection there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, straight to it. Mm -hmm. Would you say like this is a song that kind of took you from freestyle yeah. to yeah? Like, straight to it was a song that just took me from just like me to who I am now. Like, because it, it put me on like a different level in the sense of just I wasn't doing the drill music. I was trying to avoid it, and then something just told me to go at it, and I just did it on the freestyle. It went viral, and I'm just like, all right, let me make this a real song. So we made it a song, we shot the video, and we literally put it out like a week later. And it's like, what it did, it just, it made my name 
in the city. Like it woke my city up. Like, cause people seen me working for a little bit, but that it gave them like a song to the face. Like you know how people say like, oh, we got a name to the face. Like no, it gave a song to the face. Like this is Young Devin. She sings straight to it. Like this is her stuff. Like everywhere I would go, people would be walking up to me. Yo, let me get straight to it. So it would just let me know that okay, this was like my moment now. Yeah. Why do you say you were hesitant to do drill music? Because I didn't want it. I just. I didn't want to be a part of like the oversaturation. I didn't want to be a part of the wave. But the funniest thing is that I was doing, I have a drill song. I, I was doing drill like in 2018, 2019, before it got like mainstream lit. But yeah, I just really didn't want to be a part of like the wave. But then I just had to realize a part, and this is all a part of just me growing up and, and, fr and just growing up publicly. I had to realize you can be you on whatever you want. So you can do what's going on and what's trending, but just be you on it. Don't sound like anybody. Just sound like what would Devin sound like on a drill beat. Yeah. And once I, once that clicked to me, I just started making them. And yeah. Yeah, because you don't have Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I have to be rapped about killing everybody. Exactly. And all this crazy shit. Exactly. Or you don't even have to sound like somebody. Like a, a lot of these kids be trying to sound like each other, like even their voice. So it's like, yeah, once I figured out how to just make myself known in my own lane and drill, it was easy. Yeah. Um, the first BET cipher that you did, mm -hmm. what was that experience like for you? Getting, you know, you on national TV. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I have to smoke this. The craziest thing is that. <laughs> the cipher, and I always say this, the cipher that people see publicly is not what I wrote at all. Like, really? not at all. That was a freestyle. That was God saving me from embarrassing myself on TV. <laughs> because it's like, so we there. First of all, they called, I was talking to my friend literally like earlier that day. And I was just like, yo, like, I want to go to California. Like, I'm just, I, I, I think I only went like one time for like a day. I was just like, I want to go to California. I want to see what it's about. My mother comes home from work and she's like, yo, I just got an email from BET and they want you to be in the BET cipher and fly to California. I'm like, what? So then um, we, it was literally like the Tuesday, we flew in the Thursday. So I'm just like, they gave us the beat prior and I'm writing to it and I have my little rap ready to go. I'm getting there, I'm looking at the set, I'm seeing the cameras, everything moving. And then they come up to me, so, and they're like, hey, we need you to do the intro for your cypher. So I'm like, oh, you want me to do the intro and memorize this intro on top of a rap that I also just wrote 24 hours ago? Okay. So, and I didn't want to be unprofessional about it because I'm like, there has to be a reason why y'all are giving me the intro. So. I did it, I'm like, yo, what's up guys, it's Young Devin, feel it myself. I introduce everybody, everybody starts rapping, so they're like, you're last. I'm like, okay. So I, by the time I'm hearing everybody's raps now, it's like, I'm zoned out because I'm like, I cannot believe I'm really here, I'm really doing this right now, this about to be on TV, I just overthought it. So when I went and I started rapping, I said like the first two lines, mm -hmm. and then I, my brain went blank. But I'm like, you can't mess up right now. Like, you can't mess up, like this is your one time. And yeah, that's Still how did. that cipher yeah. came about. No, you smoked it too. Thank you. Yeah. So how did the your new deal come about? Um, yeah, shout out to Fourth and Broadway, Def Jam. Um, Fourth and Broadway, they've been on my team since like straight to it. Like they they've been supporting me since then. They kinda is like 
they just turned me up completely. I was already hustling and grinding in my city, but they turned me into like that star. Mm -hmm. Like when you turn on the radio, you hear young Devin like in New York, like that's crazy. I, it doesn't feel real for me, like it really doesn't. But um, yeah, me and 4th and Broadway latched on. It was just like a dope situation that we did uh, last year. And um, I just love it. I really do love it. It's like, it's so fun. They treat me like a baby. <laughs> like it's a great time. Like my team is just the dopest. Like I'm just, I'm everywhere. Like from the Barclay Center, I be sitting courtside. Like I don't be knowing. Every week it's something new and I really act normal, but I'm really just going along with the flow. But it's a good time. And then uh, a couple months later, we had linked up with Def Jam because you know, Big Dog the Tree, she moved over to Def Jam. Yeah. So uh, linked up with the team over there and it's been great. I've been meeting everybody. Like they love all the music. They're excited. So it's good to have a team who's excited about you and just as much as you are about your work. Absolutely. It's where yeah. you can just focus. I just got to make the music. They're going to handle it. everything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So you got the new single, Decisions. Yeah. Talk about the inspiration going into this. Mm -hmm. one. Um, Decisions, it's just like a really straight to the point record. First off, I just wanted to like show people that like we could, I could switch up the high energy music. Like I could still do high energy music, but on a different frequency. So people probably would be expecting like back to back drill. And then I hit them with like a trap record like that. So it was just a nice way to like light the streets up, light the club up. So people are loving it so far. It's just a real catchy song, just about having the decision to either stay in your environment and just be regular and corny and a hater, or just flex and, you know, be dripping the designer, get into your money and handling your business. Nah, that's what's up, it's dope. It's a dope song too. Thank you. All right, so Baby Go 2, mm -hmm. right around the corner. Right there. Um, I actually got a chance to check it out. Period. And uh, very versatile. Yes. You are giving them a lot of different vibes. Mm -hmm. Was that like the the goal going into this? Yeah. Or? yeah, for sure. I definitely wanted to just show people like my different lanes in a very concise way that made sense. So it's like, it might start with like drill, but it ends with uh, like an emotional song or I might end on a whole different wave so you know but it's it definitely is in an order and in the selection that is like it tells a story like it'll never just take you to a random place and you just like what's going on like it's just so many different lanes of hits so yeah what's the story you want this EP to tell um just that young everyday girl who is making it out like that's that's really it I think that the story reflects what people see and that's why people like love and respect me because they just see in the grind, they're seeing the hustle and everything that I'm experiencing and even things that they don't see, I'm talking about it and I'm putting more context to, it's like, oh, they might've seen an Instagram post and then in my music, I'm talking about how I felt in that picture and it makes them connect more because it's like we have something to hold on to because like I get it now. So it's really just, it's a beautiful story and people are definitely gonna just take away just stay grinding because everything that you want in life you can get like my first ep had no features mm -hmm. my second ep has one of the hottest artists in new york city fabio foreign on it yep. so it's like and i was just in a time span of a year not even it was like we made the song months ago so i would say okay. about like six months so yeah did you guys get in the studio together yeah we got one? in the studio in atlanta we did oh, it wow. at bt weekend we linked up in the studio he did the first for me and he went crazy <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the songs are now dope too. Yeah. Uh, you got Capella Gray on there too. Mm -hmm. How did that whole collab come about? Um, just the New York City energy. I always said, um, me and Capella always said we wanted to work with each other. We always just thought that we were super talented. And then um, I finally had a record for him. So we sent it over. He got it done. I just did a record for his project too. Oh, nice. So yeah, like we just been like swapping ideas, swapping vibes. Like every time we've been linking so far, it's just been hits. Yeah. So yeah. 
What can you tell us about the song, How I Did It? You kind of switched it up on that Yeah, one. How I Did It is a journey song. Like, How I Did It basically just tells, like, what I was going through, how I got out of it, and this is where I'm at right now. Like, I might not got it all together, but this is based off of what I've been through. This is how I'm feeling, and my feelings might not be all the way correct, but I'm embracing it, and I'm just learning to, I'm living to learn. So that's kind of why I wanted to wrap up the, the project that way. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of just gives it like a, like a, like a, a ending of it has to be something next. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a personal favorite song on here or one that means more to you than the others? Um, I definitely have a, I don't know, all of them, it just keeps getting greater. Like How I Did is definitely <laughs> a, a personal favorite. Real Love is definitely a personal favorite. Um, I don't know, like the whole project is just super fire for different reasons, but like I would probably say those two songs I was super vulnerable on, so I kind of just hooked to them more. Yeah. yeah. Who were some of the producers you work with on here? Uh, I worked with a lot from like Elvis, Beats, to Adonis, Drew Oliver. Drew Oliver, he's just amazing. He did my intro, my outro. He did some background vocals on some of the intro and the outro. Like he's just a dope overall artist you know, vocal engineer, everything. Like, he's just amazing. Yeah. July 29th, right? Mm -hmm. Let them know it's coming out. Yeah, maybe go to one away. <laughs> yep. So what's your thoughts on the music scene in Brooklyn right now? It's dope. It's dope. I definitely love the energy just in Brooklyn and New York City in general, but, like, I just, I love it. Like, it's, we got this, we got the wave right now. Like, if you go on TikTok, everything you hear is just New York City energy mm -hmm. or, like, every meme I see nowadays just got something to do with New York. So, I love it. I just love it, and I'm, I'm happy I'm a part of just that atmosphere and everything that's going on to, like, push that culture forward. Yeah. How does it feel to be, like, one of the leaders of that? Yeah, it feels cool. It really is. Like, when people just, like, talk about New York and, like, they just, like, include me and stuff, I be feeling cool. Yeah. I do. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you receive a lot of hate online? Because I don't see much. It's like, yeah, yes and no. Like, I, I say no because I don't enter. I, I say no because it wouldn't make sense to say yeah because the hate that I receive, y'all wouldn't see because it, it's so minor and I don't pay attention. Like I do receive it, but the reason why you guys don't see a lot of like young Devin hate is because I don't entertain any of it and that's what they want. So it's like artists, they could be so unproblematic and really might not even be in the wrong, but because they're entertaining whatever hate is coming their way, that's gonna grow the hate or that's gonna make people know, okay, you're the go-to person to go to to get yep. upset. People can't like crack me on the internet. Like I go through real life things. I have real life everyday things that I do that I'm not on my phone 24 seven. So I don't entertain anything on the internet. Like people try to diss me, troll me. You'd never see it. Like anytime you come to my page or if you ever go to my page, it's all positives, all music. It's just all anything that has to do with just me. Yeah. And it's yeah. like they just want attention. Yeah. They just want attention. And when they realize they you can can't get, get it, it's yeah. like they just start going away. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Um, what would you say has been one of the biggest sacrifices you had to make in your life for you to be successful so far? Um, so many things. Like, I didn't miss out on, like, so many, like, family events. I didn't miss out on, like, uh, I didn't sacrifice, like, my health, my mental health, my, you know, like, a peace of mind. I didn't sacrifice, like, almost, like, I almost didn't even graduate high school because, like, I used to go to the studio every day and I'll be missing school. But I just always knew, I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to sit in a classroom. Like, I need to be in a studio making music. And... Yeah, like I, I was at like risk of graduating. There's so many times that I've just risked it all, but that's what it takes. And that's it's what makes the reward sweeter to know like when you get a win, it's like, I really, I, like, yeah, I don't even know what I did for this. So, yeah. No, that's dope. Mm -hmm. What's some short-term or long-term goals you have set for yourself right now? Um, Short-term goal, 
And I only say short term because I want to speak into existence soon. I want a gold record. I definitely think that I could accomplish that this year. I want a gold record or get to the point of where I'm getting there. You know, I got a song on the way there. Like, I definitely think that's something I could do. Um, and I don't really know. I never really try to set too, too many goals for myself because it's like the more that you accomplish things in your life, the more your palate expands and the more your brain expands. So it's like when I was eight, my goal wasn't to be rapping. And then now that I'm rapping, who knows what my goal in five years is going to be. It might be, my goal might be, I've been probably make so much money that I feel like I could go get a billion dollars. So I never want to say anything because I never want to cap where my life can go and where it could take me. Like I just speak like success into my life. Yeah. I dig that. What's some advice you would share to some upcoming artists trying to get their foot in the, in the industry? Just right keep now? going. Just keep going. I, I had it tatted. Like, just keep going. That's the only thing that you need to do is just pray and keep going because you could literally be stopping the day before you could have changed your whole life. Like, you just never know. Like, and that's the beauty about life. And that's just the beauty about following your dreams. It's just that you just never know. And even if you never do it or you die doing something, at least you die chasing your dreams and doing something that you loved or had aspirations to fulfill your purpose. So just keep going. Yeah, yeah. I like that. All right, Devin, you got a shout out you like to give before shout you Shout out to here? Brooklyn. Shout out to Trinidad. Thank you guys for supporting me. Baby Go 2 is on the way. Decisions out now. Rap sheet out now. I finally made it. I'm on the porch, but I'm about to jump off the porch. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Look, decision, decisions. Top on the top missing. Flex to them, watch your system. Ay, cooking that heat, no kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Decision, decisions. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba da ba ba ba.